0: So I would like to thank you for joining us uh, at this panel, another very important panel on a critical topic of the industry and also an area where Cyprus has put uh, forward a number of significant proposals and initiatives. It is a panel on fostering environmental sustainability, green initiatives, and we're gonna talk about the global regulatory system uh, and about the market uh, developments, uh, taxation schemes, and so on. We're, we're delighted to have with us uh, Stamatis Fradelos from DNV, who is going to be the uh, moderator of this panel. And of course, uh, Stamatis, maybe I will let you introduce the panelists. I'd like to say thank you to you, and uh, a very big thank you to Harris, Filipos, Lucas, and uh, Ioannis, and I will let you take over and guide us through the, uh, the panel.
1: Uh, Nicola, thank you very much. Uh, good afternoon to all, and uh, thank you for uh, investing your time with us uh, this afternoon. Uh, as Nicola has mentioned, my name is Tamatis Fradelos. I'm uh, the Regional Balkans Director for DNP, and I will coordinate this uh, panel discussion. Today is the last day of MAPC 76 meeting where important uh, new regulations are going to be adopted. And uh, we have a great uh, panel from industry experts uh, by shipping companies and uh, the Cyprus flag administration, where we will be talking about the important uh, regulatory developments and big trends that we need to keep our eyes on that uh, could directly impact our business. So without losing uh, more time, I will take a few moments to introduce our panelists, and then I will straight kick off the conversation asking questions that draw out some of the high-level themes and trends we should be thinking about. So I'm pleased to have today with us uh, Mr. Ioannis Estratiu, Head of Marine Environment Unit. Sipping Deputy Ministry, Republic of Cyprus. Mr. Philippos Phyllis, or Phyllis in Greek, Chairman uh, and CEO, Lemisolaire Navigation, uh, President-elected European Community Sipounes Association, EXA. Dr. Lucas Barbaris, President of Save Balkers, and Mrs. Harris Plakadonaki, chief strategy officer uh, from uh, Starbuck Carriers. So um, let's start uh, straight uh, with um, the short-term measures, uh, the EXI and CII to be adopted today by MAPC 76 as already mentioned, also in the previous panel discussion. And I'd like to get uh, first uh, the ship operator view. Uh, starting with Lucas, about uh, what do you think more challenging to achieve and more effective in terms of uh, greenhouse gas reduction up to uh, 2030, EXI or CII, and how you plan to cope with these requirements down the road, and what you would consider as more uh, promising technologies that could retrofit it with reasonable payback with, uh, period in your existing fleet. So, Lucas, uh,
2: th- thank you, Samati. Uh, it is clear that uh, uh, the EEXI is, uh, I mean, uh, is almost a design index which can be achieved uh, uh, through easy means. Let's say, for example, through uh, EPL that uh, can reduce the uh, energy propulsion. Uh, and, uh, uh, as is, uh, and as such, uh, it is quite easy to uh, for many vessels to achieve this, uh, uh, this index. Uh, CII, the Carbon Intensity Index, uh, 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 shows the overall performance over the year of uh, each vessel. Uh, and uh, I think uh, this is more crucial and uh, uh, all vessels will need uh, to face, uh, and certain vessels may need to have difficulties to achieve this, uh, this index. Uh, I tend to think uh, in terms of implementation uh, the following. Generally, uh, most of the ships uh, that are in the market right now are, uh, let's say, up to phase uh, one, uh, and uh, there are only a few in phase two or phase, and, and basically are non-existing of phases uh, which will be implemented in 2023 in 2025 uh, and um, most of the ships do not uh, are not classified in, uh, in, the, in the design index uh, previously because they are older ships. Uh, I tend to believe that uh, generally Japanese ships being more efficient from, uh, in, from their initial construction will be more able to compete. And uh, uh, Chinese vessels or Korean vessels being uh, a little bit heavier could uh, face difficulties. Uh, the means to achieve that, I mean, is uh, I mean there are several uh, things that you can do. The most uh, important thing is uh, reduction, and easy thing is the reduction of speed, which uh, reduces the uh, will reduce also the CII. And uh, if you cannot achieve this, uh, this. Uh, Required measure by uh, by decreasing the speed. You can have uh, another of access, You can put certain ducts, You can uh, uh, you can use low friction paints, uh, fins, uh, and other things like biofuels. You can start burning a biofuel in the future. You can uh, uh, there is air lubrication. Uh, I think there are uh, sub generators. Uh, all kinds of, let's say, more simple or or more uh, detailed and uh, expensive measures uh, to adapt. So it depends on the vessel, how old she is, and what is uh, the initial design. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Luca. Interesting, this uh, relation to the ADI phase and the additional effort in order to cope with this requirement. Uh, Philippos... uh, can you
3: give us an overview for your fleet? Uh, yes, thank you, Stamatis. Um, I, I will start uh, a little bit by the uh, what we have done as a company. Uh, we early enough uh, created a strategy uh, back in 2012, uh, which gave a clear direction towards a gradual reduction of uh, the carbon foot, footprint of our vessels. The first step, step was to sell all the high-polluting vessels measuring of tons per ton mile, uh, and not just uh, how uh, how many how much uh, uh, fuel they consume. And the second step, step which was critical, uh, it was that we stay being in the design process of our future vessels, utilizing the technologies available, but even uh, developing our uh, own tailor-made energy-saving devices. And by using the CFDs, uh, we optimize as much as possible our hulls. Of course, uh, the optimization is not a a simple uh, issue. You need to consider always the operating profile of your your ships uh, to set the parameters uh, towards that direction. Um, Today, our fleet consists of vessels that uh, already uh, fulfill the phase two. In our recent deliveries even fulfill the phase three, five years earlier than the implementation like uh, Lucas just mentioned. Uh, of course, by the date of the implementation of the uh, of the regulation, uh, we do not need to do anything but going forward, depending on the final CII is agreed by the MPC-76, we have to analyze all the KPIs and uh, the relevant uh, ESG metrics and decide accordingly what to do. Uh, basically, Uh, Our understanding um, is that uh, uh, in the scope of EDI requirement, uh, uh, can uh, use attain EDI calculated in accordance with the EDI guidelines uh, as an alternative to attain EXI without recalculation or, or recertification. Uh, this is the reason I make this uh, difference, uh, differentiation because our ships, uh, we don't need to do a recalculation, or reclassification, at, uh, recertification at this time. I, unless, of course, uh, the attained does not satisfy the, the required XIE at the implementation date. Uh, following, of course, what I already said, uh, there, there will be cases uh, as follows. Versus... Uh, that have already EDI, mainly those um, built after 2013 and fulfill the phase two, uh, maybe will not require to do any technical adjustments uh, at least until 2026. But also uh, this is uh, uh, depending on the escalation of the CIIs uh, from 23 to 26. Uh, The other category are those vessels that uh, have already an EDI and does not fulfill the phase two, plus all others prior to that period, uh, where well, uh, those they need to follow the XI calculation guidelines uh, to attain uh, the required EXI. Uh, uh, this is uh, how, how we see that, uh, uh, that, that uh, implementation. Based of all above I, what I said, and having in mind some uh, preliminary study, uh, studies, uh, including one of our own company, uh, the status of the today versus, uh, versus in operation, we see at least in the dryback sector, uh, about 50% that are classified phase zero or even below, and about 30% are classified phase one, and only the 20% are better than phase two. Therefore. Uh, We see that uh, um, uh, most of the vessels uh, likely will install an energy power limitation like uh, Lucas just mentioned, Uh, and this will have a consequence uh, that the speed will be restricted. Uh, It's also important to mention that a calculation uh, uh, based on that study gave some results that uh, there will be a reduction of the transport work Along with uh, as much as 15 to 20 percent, greenhouse gas reductions, absolute reductions, only based uh, on this implementation uh, of the EDIEXI, uh, depending of course on the CII's, uh, then the emissions reduction will be uh, most li- likely uh, gradually increase. Uh, and a certain percentage of the existing fleet will either not be in the position technically to comply or, or will be subject to heavy reductions in revenue uh, versus, uh, of course, the index, indexes. Since I mentioned only energy power limitation, which is one of the basic uh, instruments or tools that uh, can be used. I have to make also additional uh, some uh, um, uh, le- some measures that uh, can be taken based also on what Lucas said. There are first the energy-saving devices like the pre-swire stud or the wake-improving duct, the pre-shrouded veins, uh, the propellant embossed cup fins, bulb rudder, twist rudder, and, and ma- name it. There are too many uh, of those. but. For all these uh, energy-saving devices, or uh, the ship owners should follow a very complicated, costly process. Uh, that means you do—you have to do the CFTs to estimate the wake flow field, and then you have to select uh, the, the the design of uh, the device uh, or a combination of uh, one or two devices. You run a, the CFTs again to estimate and calculate what will be the impact. And then you, uh, you have to uh, verify with the model test and on top to validate with the, tri- the C trial. This is, of course, a very, very costly um, uh, process. Uh, but in some cases, uh, it's a must, otherwise, uh, the, the ships might, m- might be obsolete. Uh, Second, uh, a ship owner must run a study as to the performance of the existing propeller and uh, whether this could be upgraded by trimming or doing some other additions or even replace it. Uh, It's again a costly um, uh, process, but uh, it's something that uh, some of the owners are uh, taking into consideration. Uh, the third is what uh, uh, Lucas said uh, about anti uh, fouling systems, change anti system systems to silicon acrylate accry- technologies or silicon base, which are low friction and they have, um, based on our experience, up to 4% uh, lower uh, emissions. Um, the fourth uh, but uh, uh, mainly this has to do with the ciis are the energy uh, the energy management systems on board and i'm 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 just i'm telling about the energy recovery systems like kinetic heat or even uh, other ways how to recover energy uh, the renewable energy sources that might be installed uh, installation of power packs uh, to store renewable energy or excess energy produced, uh, which we lacked uh, some cases as peak shavings, some other cases to use it uh, entirely during the, the, the sailing, uh, very important LED every, everywhere is a very huge saving and cost uh, uh, simply nothing. Uh, therefore, the decision to be made requires a, a cost-benefit analysis for uh, every investment or on all above, and maybe a combination uh, versus an energy power limitation. Uh, one last point uh, is useful, uh, maybe here, to mention that there are also some additional measures to be taken which will help the owners to comply uh, with the escalate the CII's. Uh, and I refer to the augmentative artificial intelligence. Uh, this relates to the usage uh, of deep uh, learning technologies to enhance human intelligence, not to replace. Uh, very important to enhance. And um, uh, this, is, uh, this deep learning technologies include, among others, for example, root optimization uh, or predictive maintenance al- analytics, which are directly related with the consumption and consequently with the greenhouse gas reductions. Uh, um, and also to estimate the health condition, the trimming and and a lot of other uh, similar. Uh, As a company, we develop over the last five years uh, deep learning technologies uh, using real time data uh, from our ships, uh, but also using historical data. And these technologies uh, are now under testing uh, with very promising results. Thank you, Samadis.
1: Thank you, Philippe, Mm -hmm. for the very comprehensive uh, reply. Suggested so we have carried out a uh, good exercise, comprehensive study for new buildings and existing fleet. And I would like to ask also Harris uh, is it the CII also your main concern? Uh, and what, uh, what are your plans to cope with this?
4: Thank you, Stamatis. So and thank you also to the Capital Link team for inviting me to speak here today. So, so to answer your question here at Starbulk, uh, we have uh, established an in-house research and development team within our technical department, uh, which deals with all these new uh, IMO greenhouse gas regulations. And in collaboration with one of our classification societies, we have already performed an analysis of all our vessels to assess uh, what is the impact of uh, both the EXI and CII measures. Uh, now, uh, as already mentioned by my fellow panelists, CXI is basically the SIP design index, which indicates the energy efficiency of the SIP, and ships will be required to meet a specific EXI uh, as of the date of uh, enforcement. And, and in that sense, CXI uh, will require only a once in a lifetime reduction to meet the IMO target. Uh, and this, of course, for any vessel which is not already in compliance, but because there are already energy efficient vessels which are in compliance. Now, for our fleet, uh, for our vessels that do not already meet the, the IMO targets, our analysis has shown uh, that the most efficient way to comply will be to implement what, uh, what Mr. Barbaris and Mr. Fields have already mentioned, the engine perf- uh, power limitation, which is the process that uh, limits the maximum power of the main engine and, and, and therefore improves the formula. Uh, we already have experience as a company with, uh, with EPL, we have performed this upgrade in the past on, on a few of our vessels, within the scope of the right ship uh, greenhouse gas rating. Uh, now, as to any effect the we have on our uh, fleet's scaring speeds, during the past years, uh, as a company, we, we have already been uh, trying to optimize speeds as much as possible in order to save on uh, banker costs. Therefore, um, the reduction in maximum speeds after the APN is performed is not expected to have any major impact on the operating profile of our vessels. Uh, now, the, now the CII is a, is a different story because uh, we expect this to be most, uh, more challenging uh, as it will require uh, a an annual improvement it's not an, a one off reduction like the XI. Uh, it requires that every year we improve uh, the AER, the annual efficiency ratio of its vessel uh, which is basically the metric that the IMO has adopted for carbon intensity. Uh, now, now the AER is, is a carbon intensity uh, metric which uses the the dead weight of the vessel and assumes that the vessel is continuously carrying cargo. Uh, so, so for us to comply with the CII target, we are assessing a number of solutions, uh, many of which have already been mentioned by uh, Mr. Filis and Mr. Barbarish. Uh, for example, um, uh, same as Mr. Filis, we we're already uh, piloting a number of uh, latest technology uh, optimization platforms. Uh, we aim to perform through these platforms weather routing, Speed optimization, um, high performance monitoring, and, and uh, should we see that these uh, voyage optimization practices are not enough for us to meet the targets, we're also assessing uh, uh, solutions more costly, such as um, uh, having more frequent hull cleaning, um, performing more frequent dry docks, using more advanced anti-fouling paints, in general, practices that um, uh, minimize the impact of hull uh, fouling uh, to the vessel fuel consumption. Uh, now, at the same time, and as my fellow panelists mentioned, we, we, are, we are also examining existing energy saving devices, for example, that, but uh, we also participate in scientific programs which assess also new technologies. For example, we have a project on uh, air replication we have a project on uh, propulsion maneuvering devices, uh, uh, for example, the, the gate-rider system. Uh, so, for for VXI, we have opted for a single solution, EPL, while for CII, we are examining a combination of solutions. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Haris. Um, so, at this time, we're going to see very interesting, let's say, uh, developments in shipping, in terms of retrofitting new technologies, and let's see whether regulations and class rules are in place, (laughs) not all this to be smoothly adopted on ships. And uh, Ioannis, if you allow me to continue with you, since I understand you attended MAPC 76, right? With Cyprus delegation. And I would like to ask you, what are the important regulatory developments coming from this uh, committee meeting? What are the key takeaways and what we should expect with regards to YMO 2026 uh, review on EXI and CII coming down the road would be, do you think that would be stricter EXI reduction rates or uh, how the reduction rates for CII may,
5: let's say what we're going to see in the future? Thank you, Stamatis, and uh, good afternoon to all. At first, please allow me to express my appreciation to Nicolas Bornozis for and for once again invite me to took part as a panelist to this uh, great event, the Lima Sol Capital Link event. At the same time, I will also express my my disappointment because we are not in a position to have a physical present because What is uh, really great with the capital link events is that you have the opportunity to meet uh, people, colleagues, partners, all all over the shipping industry. Now go go back uh, to your question. Actually, MEPC is still in progress. Actually, now we are in the very last day. And actually now my colleagues uh, uh, are engaging, hopefully, Uh, with the adoption of the report. Uh, I'm following the work of MEPC committee since 1996. For almost 25 years. I I must confess that this one was one of the most hard uh, sessions. Uh, Slow development, long intervention, tactics, politics, everything. So what... It have been achieved. Actually, in front of us, we have a package. Amendments to Marple Annex 6, the adoption of the associate guidelines, and the famous impact on states. And this is a package. The easier uh, issue is the uh, adoption of the amendment, because actually we have an agreement coming from MEPC 75. So the, the the hard part was the agreement on, 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 on the guidelines and especially the famous G3 guidelines, the draft the 2021 guidelines on the operational carbon intensity reductions uh, factors relative to reference lines. At least 19 countries took the floor and express their preferences either to stay the regime as it is now, that means uh, 10% up to, to, to 20 to 25, and then a revision, or to impose specific target for the period 27 uh, uh, to 2030. 20, uh, the result of that debate was absolutely marginal. So, just for your information, the guideline stays as it is. Cyprus was on the minority size along with other European countries, and we express uh, our preference for at least 22% reduction rate. But, as already said, we were on the mi- minority, minority. The amendments to MARPOL Annex is, is expected to be adopted later today. There was an agreement on the future work plan for developing mid and long term measures for reducing greenhouse gas uh, emissions with the addition, and this is very important, of the obligation to carry out impact assessments for every mid and long term measure. Uh, just to make it clear, we, have, we don't have specific decisions, for example, that uh, in the next two or three years, we, for example, we, we are discussing ambient measure. Uh, we have an agreement on the methodology. Uh, we, we support, in principle, they need to keep the impact on states under review while highlighting highlighting that any mechanisms to address the impact of uh, of measures should be specific and limited to disproportionately negative impact on states, especially on SIDS and LDCs. So we are against the famous uh, word mechanism because behind those, uh, nice words, the word mechanism, it, it hides a mechanism n- 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 not to have any additional measure. Now, whether the level of the AXI a- a- reduction rate should uh, become stricter, we can say that it is directly connected with the level of ambitious. In case that the level of ambitious becomes care consequently, the a- AXI reduction rate should become so it is highly connected with the revision of the strategy, which we, we took on 2023. So my personal impression, there will be, let's say, stri- a, a strict requirement. But it depends also on the revisions, on the, re- on the actual re- results about the, uh, the rate of uh, or, 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 the reduction of, of emissions. Uh, we support the, the supply-based option as the measurement of to 2030 packet, I mean, uh, as, uh, as Cyprus, and this was obvious because I have already told you that uh, we are on, 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 on the on the side of the minor of the minority because we consider. The levels of ambitious uh, should be ensured in both ways, demand-based and supply-based and therefore the mass shrinkage approach should be chosen. I know that in the value there is a, a specialist on these issues on EOI and AER which are related with the, the mass and supply basis. is Philippos, Philippos. So if you if you need more, more details on that, Philippos is the right person. But it would be also very interesting because, as far as I know, and now I'm not playing the, the role of the moderator, DNV uh, has prepared an, an assessment on the impacts of, on measures on the fleet. And actually, uh, you, follow, uh, 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 you consider four scenarios business as usual, EXI only, EXI and CII. With uh, demand based and with supply based, and with ba- very interest. Uh, if you tell us very brief, how it will cost every option? That's uh, all for me. Um, as I told you that uh, the session in, in, is still in progress. In progress, and for example, if you, if the event. Uh, it was tomorrow. I, I will be in a better position to announce you exactly the results. So for the time being, uh, it's just assumptions.
1: One, one quick question, and thank you very much for for the update. Uh, have they decided about the implementation date? The entry to fourth date of the amendments would be yes months
5: in October or in yes March yes January? it is it, still on square brackets, but is November twenty twenty two. Okay, thank you, thank you. It's still on and square brackets. So that brackets. means it should be decided later today, but uh, I don't expect any... Okay, eh, eh, eh. Sense.
1: okay. <laughs> yes. thank you. And, and, and one more quick question, because the time flies. Uh, there, into these uh, multiple amendments, there is one regulation now, which is encouraging administration, port authorities and stakeholders to provide incentives to SIPS rating A or B for according to the CII or the RCII. Uh, any plans from a Cyprus flag on that respect, uh, providing incentives? This is CIPs? an
5: excellent co- question because okay, it, uh, it, it my, my answer will not be short, but uh, not uh, more than two minutes, okay? Because for the time being, uh, the Cyprus administration has adopted incentives and are uh, related uh, with our tony um, tax uh, system, okay? The incentives are divided into three categories related to technical, operational, and innovative measures for the time being. Technical me- measures comparing of the of the required and attain eDI If you show, for example, uh, more than 10... Per- that gradually the reduction of tonic uh, tax is, is increasing we have an, an, an incentive related with the data collection system actually with the uh, fuel consumption so if you can uh, prove that in two consecutive years uh, uh, you decrease uh, your fuel consumption then uh, we provide uh, 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 reductions on, on, on what uh, ships pay to our uh, tonnage tax system, and also uh, we rewarded th- those that they showed to us innovation. That means they use uh, alternative fuel. So, from from this production, it's quite obvious that uh, when the new regulations came into force, because my our incentive a living document, will. Will amend it in in order to reflect uh, the new development. So, our intention is to reward those uh, showing reductions both both at uh, CII and EXI. So, uh, be ready in a couple of years when the regulation will come into force, we will adapt our uh, uh, incentive schemes to meet the new requirements. Thank you. Thank you very much, Johan. And uh,
1: let's move now to the meter measures. And I would like to have a short feedback from Lucas because we're running out of time. Uh, the, the, now in IMO, we had some uh, proposals for a uh, levy and emission cap trading, the carbon credit trading, and fleet averaging. So there are additional measures coming down the road. And I would like to ask Lucas. What, what is your opinion about what would be considered an effective midterm market market based measure from a SIP operator's point of view? And especially this fleet
2: averaging scheme. How, how, what is your opinion on this? I, I think that um, this, uh, uh, these measures should play a role uh, to assist uh, the, the owners. Uh, in terms of implementation of uh, these new technologies. And, uh, I was considering that, uh, for example, averaging, averaging could be something that uh, would provide assistance if you want to do an investment on, uh, let's say an LNG ship, for example, which we have uh, maybe by 18% lower emissions, um, then uh, this could be uh, averaged with uh, another older ship that uh, normally should be scrapped, I don't know if it will work like that. And uh, I would consider that uh, this could be one uh, good option for companies to invest uh, in new technologies. Of course, there are always questions about uh, LNGs uh, uh, if you need to, if you want to uh, invest on in such uh, ships because LNG is not considered. Uh, Uh, from well to wake uh, the best uh, fuel Uh, and my comment on that is that uh, at the end of the day uh, LNG is used in all industries uh, and uh, they don't consider it uh, from well to wake for example the production of electricity uh, they use in households everywhere uh, we use LNG so it shouldn't be the uh, shipping only that uh, should exclude that on the other hand, uh, the, uh, and I believe also that there are technologies to reduce the, the sleep, uh, the, the LNG sleep from uh, uh, methane. The, the methane sleep, as they call it. Uh, so I see that LNG should be one as an intermediate um, fuel, for example, for a, for a couple of uh, 10 to 15 years until we manage to produce. The normal fuels, uh, the normal uh, fuels from renewable resources, not from uh, other resources such as ammonia or uh, hydrogen. And I believe ammonia will prevail. And uh, so, in order to do that, you need certain measures to be assisted in in investing in uh, in such ships. Uh, I I also believe that, uh, uh, wherever we like it or not, uh, the the regulators will uh, impose. levies and taxation schemes, uh, because uh, we, we all know that uh, the world is going to a specific direction and we need to be supportive on this direction. We cannot leave uh, uh, the planet to, to be overheated. So at the end of the day, uh, such schemes will uh, be developed, will be implemented. If IMO takes take part on these ships, uh, it will uh, or be a follower. It could also be a follower, following, let's say, decisions by EU or United States or other, let's say, countries, and I think at the end of the day, we need to be very careful and try to improve our efficiency because one way or the other, the low efficiency vessels, the companies that have low efficiency vessels will be in a disadvantage, operational and financial disadvantage. So this is my view about uh, taxation schemes and uh, averaging of uh, uh, fleets. Thank you. Thank you
1: very much, Luca. And with this, your last uh, comment about I'm being a follower of EU, um, I would like to ask uh, Philippos, who understands follow-ups closely, the development in EU, uh, just of, we, need, we know that there will be the fit for 55 legislative package expected in the 17th of July. And I would like to ask his opinion about these regional measures coming from Europe. What we should expect and when, and the emission trading scheme, etc. And are in the right direction or Europe should leave IMO alone to coordinate the decarbonization efforts on a global
3: Scale. Uh, thank, you. thank you, Stamadis. I don't know how much time I have, uh, but uh, uh, I will start first by the 22 percent uh, uh, that mentioned by by Yannis, that the European European countries were resisting for the CIIIs. And good thing we have 11 percent. 20 20 percent should have been detrimental for the industry. This shows how tough is Europe. We are, uh, there is already published the climate package of uh, Executive Vice President um, Franz Timmermans, who is responsible actually for the 55. And 55. Uh, it doesn't mean 55 new regulations; means 55 percent reduction by 2030. Uh, this is a signal they they leave out. I will elaborate only on the, on two major uh, uh, measures because I, I don't believe we have the time for more. The first is the UTS, which comes from Digiclima. and the Exa's position. And I, I have to say that I'm, uh, I'm uh, talking now as a representative of Exa, uh, trying to uh, give uh, what is the position of Exa and the European Civilian Associations in, in any way. Uh, the position was always to be aligned, uh, fully aligned with ICS first, uh, and uh, to uh, follow. Uh, support the discussion within IMO for a new market-based measure. We we heard a little bit that uh, the talks are not towards direction so far. Uh, Specifically, uh, EXA has on EU ETS uh, several considerations. First of all, uh, we develop our position through a framework document, framework conditions, under which any EU measures should not undermine the IMO process and that the system should be scalable and able to align with the future IMO IMO, MBM hopefully the levy this can only be achieved within ETS if we apply if we are setting up a fund and I will elaborate a bit on the rationale for creating a fund first can stabilize the carbon price for shipping and give visibility and predictability to the owners the second uh, can significantly reduce the administrative burden for both competent authorities and then businesses, and in particular, the SMEs. And you know, 80% of the European shipping is, uh, are SMEs. Also, a fund uh, will be responsible to purchase the ETS allowances on behalf uh, of uh, its members and would reverse this money uh, in the energy transition uh, of the sector. Uh, our opinion is that all revenues from any system should have to flow into the R&D innovation projects, uh, especially for development of low and zero carbon fuels and uh, new production technologies. Uh, The revenues also, which is very, very important to uh, mention that, should be used also to bridge the gap between the conventional and low uh, low and zero carbon fuels with the, which might be uh, substantial. Uh, the estimated price is uh, or multiple is uh, three times at this moment. So, uh, you, if you don't bridge this gap, so you will not have early movers in towards that direction. Another critical point is the introduction of a, a, a phasing period, uh, where this phasing period will be used uh, first of all to <coughs> that the system will cover uh, part of these emissions uh, of this uh, uh, uh money for example and gradually to increase to 100% you know and also this will uh, will uh, allow the participant to learn and the regulators to identify potential errors especially in bugs especially such uh, a, a, a full electronic system going now a little bit to the fuel uh, EU maritime proposal from uh, which comes from DigiMove and as far as we know now there is a clash between Digimove and, D- and Digiclimate because uh, they are conflicting a little bit. Exxon believes that a fuel standard as a requirement for ships instead of the f- fuel suppliers will risk failing to deliver on emissions reductions and will be very challenging to enforce. What is needed uh, is a comprehensive approach and a fuel standard as a requirement for fuel suppliers, or eventual, an efficient standard at the fleet level to incentivize further technical and operational efficiency measures. Fleet level is measured by Lugas on a different perspective, but it works the same way. In this respect, I would like to stress uh, excess concerns and in parallel the positions uh, in relation to this uh, uh, regulation. A mandatory fuel standard would eventually eventually apply to fuels purchased outside the EU, making ships the responsible entity for meeting the standard when the ship owners have no influence at all. And then a standard for these fuels, Purchase International, uh, would in essence mandate uh, the use uh, maybe of of biofuels by ships, and due to lack of any alternative fuels. And uh, this relates especially to the deep sea uh, shipping. Uh, An independent study uh, commission jointly EXA and ICS finds that uh, there are several outstanding issues concerning first the cost, then the availability and the specifications of the biofuels, as well as uh, important questions about uh, enforcement, uh, uh, uh relating to use sust- uh, sustainability criteria under the other direction with the renewable energy directive um therefore uh, all these uh enforcement uh, uh we are sure that main ge- jeopardize the achievement of, of actual emissions reductions additionally by certifying is eu the, fuels forgive me for the interruptions yeah.
1: We are running out of time. The time is fly. So, Philippe, well, we're to So, if you can wrap up, I would be grateful. Yes.
3: Okay. I will, uh, shall I close it, uh, leaving the other. Uh, Okay, to summarize, uh, main findings of the studies first that there are significant challenges for enforcing the EU uh, fuel, fuel standards, uh, especially of US outside the EU jurisdiction through uh, the operators, etc. And uh, the second important is that uh, uh, we believe uh, that very uh, very this request or this implementation should limit the scope only to intra EU voyages and assign the responsibility as to, to the fuel suppliers. Thank you. Thank you, Philippe, and thank you, Nicola. Apologies for
1: the additional.
0: Well, no, time. Worries. no worries. I apologize for bringing it to a quick close. Uh, it has been a great panel. Forgive me that we have to run to the next one. Uh, thank you all very much, and Philippa, thank you for a very thorough and, of course, detailed uh, and well-argumented uh, insight, and all of you. Thank, thank
3: you thank for you.
5: inviting us, nicolas Thank you.
3: Thank you.
4: Well, and thank you very, very much to all of you. Thank you. Thank you.
5: And Bye-bye.